friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Project Shepherd Construction Podcast. We're here to help you make the best decisions when building, remodeling, or in today's case, maintaining your family's home. I'm really excited to have back for a second time, Eric Klein with Goodsmith. Eric was with us toward the end of our first season, and we talked about the importance of home maintenance and how Goodsmith can help you take care of those hundreds of things that many of us, including myself, tend to neglect. Um, so they get those off of our plates and get them onto a regular maintenance schedule for you. Um, so as you know, this on this second season of the podcast, we are talking about uh, what does it cost. And so today I want to dive a little bit deeper on what those home maintenance tasks are and what you should expect to spend on them if you are going to do them yourself and then maybe do a little cost-benefit analysis of having a company like Goodsmith uh, do that for you. Now, they are here in the Houston market, uh, and so our discussion is going to be focused on what does that cost and kind of what are some of those tasks for our market. Uh, so you're, if you're listening in another part of the country, this is obviously going to be different for you. And also, Goodsmith currently only operates here in the Houston market, although hopefully they'll be expanding to some other areas soon. If you live in Omaha, Nebraska, and you want Goodsmith for right now, you're out of luck. But maybe one day uh, they'll pick up Omaha, too, as well as uh, Anchorage, Alaska, and everywhere in between. So, so Eric, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to have you back here. I just want to briefly recap our conversation from last time that we had, which was more focused on like the importance of these tasks, um, you know, why, why it's essential to do these things. I'll let you talk here in a second, but just some high points from me. I think, you know, for me, the crux is if you don't maintain your home, if it's a new home, for example, like a new custom home, one of the biggest things is you're, you're not going to maintain some of your, your warranties on your home. That's one of the, the big things we talked about last time, how uh, certain, t certain components of your home require regular maintenance or otherwise you avoid a warranty. So changing a filter, changing a battery, you know, cleaning some component of it, doing some kind of annual maintenance. Uh, that's a big part of it. And then, you know, things like caulkings and sealants aren't designed to last forever. That, those are things that are designed to uh, wear out over time. They have to be replaced on a regular basis. So for me, those are kind of the high points. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, why it's important to maintain all these, th this laundry list of items? Well, it, uh, it really goes back to that the home is going to be your largest investment. And maintenance, it's not an option. You can put it off. You can defer it. Um, you can get away with that for many, many years. But eventually, it's all going to come home to roost. You're going to have to pay for it. And it's much easier to maintain on an annual or quarterly basis. And you will end up saving exponential amounts of money by doing it a little bit at a time and always maintaining and keeping your house in good operating uh, condition. Or eventually what will happen, you know, air filters, for example, you cannot change your air filters for a year, but your heat's not going to work in the middle of the winter, or you're going to blow a blower out on, on the, uh, the furnace itself. Or the air conditioning, when it's 100 degrees here in Houston, it will stop working. And then all of a sudden, you are going to at the mercy of whoever you can get to come out to your house at that exact time to take care of it. Um, not everything lasts forever, but when properly maintained, everything in your home will last a much, much longer time. A unit, an HVAC unit that is not maintained regularly, you, you might get seven to 10 years out of it. One that will is maintained, you can almost assuredly double that lifespan. So that's just in the HVAC, and that really translates to almost every single aspect of your home. Also, I think we talked about last time how you know homes today are, are, are pretty complex, and the average homeowner may not have the knowledge to keep those things maintained. They may not have the mechanical aptitude. They may not have the same kind of desire to do those tasks that maybe somebody 50 years ago had when people were just more involved in their home maintenance, kind of like people used to work on their cars more That's back right. in the day. They used to change their own oil and do all these tasks because it was simple and they just had that knowledge base. Um, now with the complexity of homes and how busy we are, it's, it's some people still do it and you can still do it, but you have to have uh, 
more knowledge of complex systems. Um, and also just, you have to have the ability to access some of those things. Like on a, on a two or three story house, the average person doesn't have the ladder or the scaffolding or whatever it takes to get up on that roof and take care of those items. Right. No, that, that, that's exactly right. It is, um, you know, your, your car examples, the absolute perfect example to compare to your house, uh, 1970s Chevrolet, you could open up the hood and you could figure out what everything did. If you open up the hood of your brand new car right now, it's a big plastic sheet that you have no idea what's going on in there. And without specialized equipment, you're not going to be able to diagnose or much less maintain um, your car. And so on your home, while it hasn't gone quite as far as the automobile, it certainly is getting there very, very quickly. The um, the electronics that are put into air conditioners or any of your appliances or um, e even your water heaters now, they are not just a flame underneath a bucket like they used to be. Now there are tankless water heaters that have many, many circuit boards in them and also much more complex piping in them. So having someone that is familiar with the actual technology that is in your home to come out to service it will inevitably save you money over the long run. Yeah. And some of these things are, are are safety items too, right? Like so, um, you know, keeping your dryer vents cleaned out can prevent yes. fires. Um, keeping your smoke detector batteries changed can prevent, you know, uh, uh, safety issues there as well. If there, if there is a fire, um, and it also prevents annoying beeping in the middle of the night too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that that's absolutely it. And and um, not only safety, but also financially, it comes down to many insurance companies. If you show proof that you clean your dryer vent out once or twice a year, they will give you a percentage break on your homeowner's insurance. Throughout the last several years, when we have clients calling in that their dryer is broken, nine times out of 10, it's because their dryer vent is clogged and something has burned up or it's automatically shut itself down. So that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of our homeowners, it's an emergency because the dryer doesn't work because they can't do laundry for their kids. Their kid's school uniform isn't done for the next day. And that's just, they didn't pick up the phone or they didn't take a little bit of time to, you know, pull their dryer out and make sure that there is airflow going through there. Yeah. So. And on the, on the smoke detector example, um, how many new, like newer homes have you seen that have a smoke detector on a second full, on a second story ceiling that you can't reach unless you have a very large ladder? That is um, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely a lot of them. There, there's a reason the smoke detectors are up there. As as builders, we know because that's where the smoke is going to go. But sometimes we don't always think that all the way through when a home is being built and realize that you need a 45-foot ladder or you need a, one of those little giant adjustable ladders to get up on top of the stairs to get them out. And it's not safe for a lot of people to climb up to those um, locations to to change those batteries and to test those the function functionality of those smoke detectors. Because, I mean, is it worth, if you're a doctor, falling off a 30-foot ladder and not being able to do surgery for nine months or killing yourself? No, absolutely yeah. not. So it is, um, smoke detectors are a fun one. They're, they're always a fun one. And, you know, just the complexity of them as well. When people don't realize you need to replace them, sometimes certain ones, seven years, sometimes 15 years. And we'll go into homes and they'll be near the end of their lifespan and we change the battery and we dust them out. And we do everything we're supposed to. And they still chirp. And so that's why you need to have someone that you can rely on that can come out and take care of those and make sure that you're staying ahead of that maintenance because nothing worse than what well, they always chirp at two to three in the morning when you have a big meeting at 7 a.m. the next day. It without always fail. happens without fail. Yeah. And in our house, it's like one bedroom will chirp and then I'll do that at 2 a.m. And then two months later, another one will chirp. And it's like, Never ending chasing the chirping smoke smoke detector in my house. I, I can't tell you. I, well, I can't tell you. I've gone into three homes where we walk in the downstairs that have a higher ceiling, and there'll be two of them or three of them just hanging from the wires where they've been banged in with uh, with broomsticks. In or, the they're just, of the night. Or, or they're just gone. Oh, they're gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Pl uh, plenty of houses have one or two smoke detectors that are just missing because people got sick of them. They just rip them out. And $25. That's the, the hard cost to replace those. And, you know, if you're a handy person, 30 minutes or get an electrician out there for a half hour or an hour to just double check them all. It's a, it's a real simple process, but it's things that we forget, things that we forget all the time to do in our homes. Yeah. And 
and also on those on those high ceilings, changing uh, bulbs and fixtures. It, another example of something that you may have to have a a, a 20, 30 foot ladder to get up there and change a bulb and a recess can or a, a chandelier or whatever. And most people don't do that. They just, they just let it be out. That That's exactly it. We, um, you know, through our maintenance program, we handle all of the light bulb changes in our members' homes. There's a couple members that really get a good deal because we have to come out and set up scaffolding to replace light bulbs. Now, when we go up to those fixtures, we replace every light bulb that's around there. But um, it is, it's very complicated. And the interesting part is, is, and we can kind of get into this maybe a little bit more, but on the light bulbs, there's been a fundamental change in the whole industry that's really hitting, hitting hard right now in the United States because you can no longer purchase most incandescent light bulbs. So if you're an older home, or not even really an older home, maybe even seven, eight years ago, builders were still putting incandescent bulbs into, into um, a lot of homes. And all of you cannot purchase those bulbs anymore. So full LED retros are having to go in, which is great for maintenance because they do typically last longer. But um, the, it is a it's an expense for a lot of homeowners if they want to make sure that all of their light bulbs match. So if you have a high ceiling and there's one that's out, uh, and you have to have to bring in scaffolding, so you go ahead and change all those out that are around it so that you're we not do. having to do that again next year. Is that we right? We do. We do. We we um. Unless it's an enormous family room or great room, you know, you're usually not going to see more than eight to 10 in, in a ceiling. And it's much easier just to go ahead and knock it out right then and there. For yeah. Them, so, because if, if they're, if they're eight years old, let's say, and one goes out, probably the other ones are going to go out pretty soon if they haven't already. So it makes sense just that, to ex- that ex- extend that life out another 10 years or with LEDs, you know, you may be adding more than 10 years to your, to your uh, your bulb changing schedule by doing all those right now, right? No, that, that's exactly it. And we're actually recommending for our homeowners right now, instead of just getting the LED light bulb and changing the light bulb for the same price and sometimes even a little bit less, they can get the retrofit kit that you can select the different warmths and colors on them and install them. And they tend to last 50 to 75% longer than just replacing the bulb in one of your five or six inch cans. Yeah. So, Oftentimes, people who don't understand the, the color temperature on light bulbs, you'll go into a house and on a ceiling with eight bulbs, you'll have like four different color light bulbs going on because over the years, they've changed them out with just whatever they found at the store. And so there's a, there's, there's a mismatch, mismatch already. Yeah. And so uh, by doing that, you can kind of make them all the same. That, that's it. That's it. And we've had a really... Um, the stigma behind LED lights is finally going away. It always was, oh, I don't want my house to look like a hospital. Right. It's super, super white, bright light. And now the LED lights, they're indistinguishable from any um, incandescent bulb that is out there now. So there, there is no reason not to do the transition. Yeah. And they look better than, than the, uh, the CFL bulbs, the, the fluorescent bulbs yes. that people are using for a while. Yes. And those had issues where, where, where they would often take a while to kind of warm up when you first turned them on. That, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. And you know, the one downside and a cost for homeowners when they do this transition, their old dimmers will often not work with the LEDs. So getting a licensed electrician in there, you know, on one trip just to flip out those dimmers, they're usually, they can be anywhere from 15 to $25 for the material on them. And just the electrician's time and one trip to get all those switched out for you. It uh, will, will make your life a lot easier, keep you from having flicking LED bulbs. And people who don't know, uh, uh, dimmers that were used for incandescent and even fluorescent to some degree uh, aren't compatible with, with the new LED bulbs. And if you try to use an old dimmer with, uh, with a new LED bulb, you'll get flickering. Or when you go to dim it, sometimes they'll just turn off and they won't even let you adjust them right. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. The um, LED bulbs are using you know, call it maybe eight watts of power where your old bulb was using 60. So the old dimmers are trying to use a much larger amount of watts and, and bring those down. And so at the lowest level, they might've been at eight watts. So they just, they're just not compatible. It's trying to adjust too small of a um, amount of electricity on the older, more robust dimmers. Um, all right. So you brought today for us a um, kind of some home maintenance checklists for us to look at. And uh, again, the purpose of this episode is kind of t- to talk about what things cost 
uh, for, for home maintenance. And so uh, Danielle is going to put these on the screen for those of us, for, for those of you who are watching this on a, on YouTube or on a video source. Um, but for those listening, I would encourage you to go watch the video so you can see these checklists. Um, and Eric has a kind of a version of some of this stuff on his website as well. So if you want to go to his website, you can also see some of these lists. So um, Eric, let's let's just kind of go through these as she puts them on the screen for our viewers, and we'll talk about these are the the tasks that uh, that should typically be performed each season, and this is kind of what you would expect to spend to have that uh, item done. Absolutely, um, and really kind of important on this. This is a very generalized list. Do you have a swimming pool, or you have you know d- different things in your home? You're going to have other items, yeah. um, of course, on top of this. A lot of these um, costs that we will give out here, these are basic retail expenses. If you were to get someone to come out and just take care of that item, many, many of these items you could group together. You could um, move them around. So a plumber comes into your home once a year or twice a year to take care of some basic maintenance items. Kind of the first one is what we've already, we've already touched on a little bit is, you know, replace batteries and smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. You have to do it. Um, You know, you're either going to get woken up or you're putting your families uh, at risk. And to do that, you know, you would like to normally get an electrician in there to take care of that for you if you want to have a professional come in and take care of it. It, Just because most of them these days are hardwired. So if there is a replacement involved, they are going to have to open up the box, go in there and actually wire a new one in. And, you know, the typical cost on something like that is going to be in that $200 range to have someone come out and just take care of that alone. So if you did that yourself, and you just bought a pack of batteries, you're talking, you know, 10, 15 bucks, but, exactly. uh, but if you're going to pay somebody to come and do it, this is kind of what they would charge you normally. That, that's exactly it. This is one of those, you know, it, to do it yourself, it's, it's two hours out of your life. And, you know, I'd probably say 20 to 30 bucks, nine volts are expensive. Oh now. yeah, that's right. Nine volts. <laughs> well, yeah. a lot of them are nine volts and some of the specialty ones, the uh, particularly the nests and the ones that really integrate into the your home systems are, require the lithium batteries. Yeah. So which are great because they also last a lot longer. But um, so the, you know the, that battery cost is probably twenty to thirty bucks per per switch out. So and and while you're doing that, one thing that um, will cause the chirping or the smoke detectors to malfunction is dust builds up inside of them. And the way that it detects the smoke is effectively a lot of dust in there can give it a false positive. So right, um, it, 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 it's actually it's actually um, sensing the the particulate matter in the air, right? That's correct. In, in the smoke. That, that that's correct. That's correct. And so what what we do, maybe not if they're a year old or two years old, but as they start to age, we'll use a compressed air can and and get in there and and spray them out. Um, doing this. Will sometimes you have to stick around for a while because they will chirp sometimes after that just because they're they've been agitated a little bit, but um, they will still function and do what they're what they're supposed to do. Flip your smoke detector over. You will see just like your carton of milk, it has an expiration date on it. Um, if it doesn't have an expiration date, it'll have a manufacture date and tell you replace after seven years or after ten years. Do it. It's it will uh, it'll save you a lot of headaches in the long run. So kind of next is and this is one that is truly good preventative maintenance and also will make you feel better every morning when you're in the shower in a nice clean shower. But inspect the caulking in your bathroom and kitchen. This uh, the caulking, while it does not um, is not 100 percent effective of keeping a lot of the water and things to come go through your tile. It does a lot of it. And, And this is something that. If you stay on top of it, it's very affordable to to maintain. If you do this once a year, um, you can have someone come in your house and for basically an hour to two hours, plus 30 bucks in caulk, depending on the colors of it, can get it taken care of. If you neglect it for several years, it takes a long time to go in there, remove it all, and absolutely replace it. And you can't use the shower a day before they come in and do it. You can't use the shower the day after they come in and do it because with that big of a removal on a project, it has to be absolutely, absolutely bone dry. Otherwise, you're just throwing your money out, out the window. Yeah. And I'll say that's one of those items that uh, 
if if you're not somebody who's experienced in doing those things, like you, you know, like like a painter, a plumber who uses a caulk gun all the time, yes, um, that's a that's a skill to apply that. And I've seen some really bad uh, DIY jobs on that because it it takes a light touch on a caulk gun yes, to, pro- to properly apply that. I'm not good at it. Um, I, I let my plumber, my painter do it. Um, so you see a lot of like really goopy, terrible yes. looking jobs that, that are DIY. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, the, the continual maintenance on it. If you were doing it every year, you can come in and you can touch up a couple feet of it and it'll normally match pretty closely to everything around there. If you just go in and try to touch it up and it hasn't been touched up in three or four years, the white caulk that you're putting in is not going to look anything like what it is next to it. So aesthetically, it's not going to be pleasing whatsoever. So, and just like in all construction, a lot of that work has to do with the prep work. And so that's removing all of the old bad damaged material in there. So the new stuff has something to adhere to. Yep. And I mean, this is one that a large custom shower, it can take one of our guys that does this a whole heck of a lot and is very proficient at it. It could take them four hours just to go in there and do that one shower. And, you know, here in the Houston market, that that rate is going to be anywhere from, you know, 80 to $120 an hour for, for a skilled, skilled professional to go in there and take care of that. So, you know, before you're looking at it, that's $500 to go in there and totally redo the caulk and touch up a little bit of grout in there is, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change. So much easier to stay on top of it and do it hundreds of dollars at a time, not, not thousands if you've got multiple showers. Right. So next up, you've got um, some AC, uh, sorry, so some uh, appliance stuff. So vacuuming out your refrigerator coils. Talk about what that is, because some people may not even be aware that that's an item they're supposed to do. Exactly. And so this is something not everyone will have to do this. Many refrigerators, the coils are in the back and they're kind of contained. And you, while you still can get back to them and vacuum them, not as important because they don't suck quite as much air. But uh, particularly if you have a built-in refrigerator, you will find that on the bottom or on the top, there is a grill that will pop off. If you've got kids and you've got dogs and you've got a lot of people living in your house, you're going to be very surprised when you open that up. And there's a big, call it a very mature dust bunny inside of your refrigerator <laughs> uh, mechanicals. And this is as simple as if, if you're comfortable pulling the screen off and you've got a vacuum with a soft brush on it, you can gently go in there and pull that off. Um, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, Every single appliance repair company will come out and take care of that for you. And unfortunately, appliance repair companies, it's going to be on the very low end. If you call everyone on Google, it's going to be 150 bucks. But normally, it's going to be that $200, $250 range to have someone come out there and take care of it. Just for that one task. Just yeah. for that one task, absolutely. And so it, um, they will double check other things. But it's very important to know, and, and I'll touch on this on um, many of these items, if you're just calling someone that you don't know and you don't have a relationship, there are a lot of wonderful people in this in these industries. There are also a lot of people that are in there. They just want to get in the door to get a lot more work from you. It's that they don't necessarily have your best interest. So where it might just be a cleaning, all of a sudden it turns into a cleaning, and then they tell you that your door hinges are worn out and that uh, the seal on the door isn't working. That's why you're your milk is expiring too fast and oh it's going to be $1400 and yeah i can't even you know explain how many times we've we've come in after these people and it's been nothing at all but just hey no you're in good shape you're fine let's get this taken care of and and if you see any problems in the future we'll come back out and take care of it yeah and so just the last word on that so a a refrigerator a refrigerator coil is basically a radiator yes where the uh the coolant's falling through there's a fan that's drawing air across that and so as that fan pulls the air across it's sucking in all the pet uh pet hair and dust and food particles and everything else is on the floor in your kitchen if it's down low yes and it really gets nasty uh, same thing on ice makers too if you have a built-in ice maker yes. in your kitchen uh i did that a few months ago on my ice maker in my kitchen and I have a Labrador retriever mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, walks past the ice maker all the time. And I was shocked at the, uh, the amount of dog hair and dust in this ice maker coil. Uh, and it was only two years old. Yes, yes. Uh, ice makers, they are one that are a constant maintenance, particularly in an area like Houston that has very hard water. Those have to be cleaned in the, the, um, with the recommended solution. Yeah. 
The manufacturer will tell you every 12 months. In the Houston market, we found six. if you do it every six months yeah. and at, at minimum, and it will keep it going for a long time. And unfortunately, if you've never cleaned it and you come in and try to clean it after five years, usually the ice maker's broken. Maybe too late, yeah. Yes. Ice makers are notorious for, for going out. They're, they are. They're, they're kind of an unreliable appliance, but generally that's because they're not maintained. Like you have to flush them twice a year. Yes. You have to clean the coil. Otherwise that, you know, and, and they're two, three, four thousand dollars for one of these ice makers. And they'll go out after two years if you don't maintain them. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a constant struggle. So moving on to air conditioning. Yeah. Air conditioning inspection. Um, again, kind of, uh, this is something you do it once a year. You can get people in there for as low as 75 bucks. 80 bucks a unit to come in, double check all the, uh, the levels of all the, the gases, check your capacitors, go upstairs, visually inspect the, the furnace, the blowers, everything else. Um, so much easier at the beginning of the season to get someone to come out and replace a $50 capacitor or let you know that you are three pounds low on Freon right now. You know, that means you do have a leak, you know, so it's not a matter of if you're going to have to replace something, but a matter of when. But you can start planning for it. You can add a couple more pounds of Freon on there and set your budget and know that you might have to replace a coil, a $2,000 replacement. You can start making these big repairs on your own terms if you know what's going on. Not when it's 100 degrees, <laughs> you've got a newborn baby, and the, you've, the guy you've called says it's going to be twelve thousand dollars for a new unit and you have no choice but to do it and so and it always happens in the middle of the summer yes because it goes out when when the the system's working its hardest and it it craps out and so then also the all the technicians are busy at that point yes and you're waiting a week in the middle of the summer to replace your air conditioner yeah whereas you could have checked it during the spring had that basic maintenance done and probably been good during the summer that's it that's it and you know God forbid it happens on a Saturday morning. Mm. A lot of the supply houses just aren't open on the weekends. So it still might just be a $70 part. But if that if your HVAC company is not stocking that part, it still might be Monday morning before they can source it and go out there and replace it. So being ahead of it and knowing what's going to happen and really trying to um, stay ahead of it, and you know, particularly down south with your air conditioner and you know, up north with your heater. So just, we don't have the option to open up the windows in the, in the summer just to cool down the house. It, it just does not work. So. Yeah. Somehow my parents lived in Houston in the 1940s with no air conditioning in their house, but I'm not sure how that happened. Well, they were a lot tougher <laughs> than us. So <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So yeah. And, and kind of along those same lines, and this is something, the next one, uh, you clean your vent hood and filter. When your HVAC guy is coming out, you can have him come and check those. They, they will look at those and they'll take a look inside that vent and make sure everything is in good shape. This is something that um, many times you can do yourself, depending on the complexity of your vent hood. Um, a quick YouTube on how to clean, insert your brand vent hood, and you will find a video out there that will teach you how to do it. Lots of times it's throwing it in the dishwasher. Right. Lots of times it's throw it away and go buy another $15 filter. But it's this is something that, again, will, one, it'll help keep your kitchen fresher because lots of times people don't realize there's a weird smell around their cooktop. It's because their vent hood is dirty. Yeah. It's greasy. And they've been cooking a lot of, you know, whatever it is, and it just builds up there. And so it's a real simple fix to, to stay ahead of that. I don't know how many houses that I've remodeled over the years where we're doing demolition in the kitchen and we go and take that old vent hood down or that old microwave vent hood down. It's just this this goop that just drips so out, out of the vent hood. It's like, man, how, how are they living like this yes, for, yes, for so yes. long? <laughs> but it's one of those things that people just don't think to do because they don't put their head up under and look up at the bottom of the vent hood and realize how nasty it is. That, 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 that's absolutely it. It's, it's, it is a forgotten, a forgotten item on the list for sure. Yep. Kind of moving to the outside of the house for a little bit here. Um, this is one of the largest cost savers in the long run is inspecting the caulking and the paint on the exterior of your home. This, while doing this, you will, you will certainly find many areas in, in a larger home that's over three to four years old that do need to have the caulk or some paint touched up on. 
this is what keeps the water out of the home. That really does. Um, a properly built home obviously will have flashing and good quality materials that's going to keep a lot of the water out. But it's it's on the edges of all of these areas that really the caulking is your final line of defense in order to keep water um, out of your home. So there are painters that will come out and take a look at this for zero cost and give you an inspection. If you trust them, fantastic. If not, you might get an inflated bid to get, get a lot of work done. Um, but you know, this is something that is you know very common sense. If if it looks wrong, it probably is wrong. If if you can see a crack in there, a gap, any place that water might be able to work its way in or air can work its way in, probably needs to be sealed, particularly if it's up high or a vertical. Sometimes at the bottom, we leave things open, and particularly in a moist area like Houston, because it allows some water to drip out. But Having a professional come out will, will definitely be able to help you what what needs to be filled in and what does not need to be filled in. So, yeah. and and this is anything from a home inspector to come out and take care of this. If if you have um, any doubts on maybe a a paint bid that you've gotten or a maintenance company like like our own with Goodsmith, where we will come out and we, we just take care and do a walk around your home and give you a true, honest um, evaluation of of what needs to be done. Yeah, and it's also. As you mentioned, knowing what not what not to do, what yes. not to seal. Um, someone might see that caulking's missing from an area, or there's no brick mortar in an area, and they 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 fill it in, and that's uh, that can actually hurt hurt the house. Um, I've seen yes. people fill in the um, the weep holes on their brick. They're like, I have all these holes around the brick. The mortar fell out, and they 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 fill them in. They don't know that that's supposed to be there. Probably 25% of the first-time home buyers, when I would walk them around their home, I've got holes in my mortar down here. Please fill those in. You know, they, they, no, they just don't understand. Their bugs are going to get in. And we have to explain that you know, the, the construction of the home is done in a certain way, so the, the moisture can get out in certain places, but we really need to keep it out in most places. Yeah. So that, that, that's, uh, that's absolutely it. So um, next item is roof, which is which is a big one, and and I think that the roof is one of those things that's hard to it's hard for the average person to to check themselves unless they have the ladder and they're comfortable walking on a roof. Um, which if you're not uh, if you're not skilled in that, I don't recommend people just walk walk around on the roof. It, it can be dangerous. You see a lot of stories of people falling off the roof. Absolutely, so. and and this is one um, once a year. It's really good to get a roofer out there to, at minimum, seal around any roof jacks, um, double check all the caulking where the plumbing pipes have uh, made penetrations through the roof um, at furnace jacks. While they're up there, they can, they can certainly double check and look at the shingles and see how they're aging, see if there's any hail damage, see if there's any damage from where a branch might have fallen on the roof. Squirrels. Squirrels, absolutely, um, where they've chewed through. But, um, you know, one thing, if, if you're son or daughter or you have a drone don't be afraid afraid to fly the drone over the house and take a look at it again it's one of those you don't have to be a roofing expert on a lot of these things you don't have to be an expert if it doesn't look right it usually isn't we have found with a lot of our higher end homes that will have slate or concrete tiles we do a drone inspection on the roof once a year no no doubt and you can fly over and you can tell if one shingle has fallen off or you know one tile has fallen off takes 15 to 20 minutes yep. and it's uh it's really a no-brainer to to ensure that um your house is sealed from top to bottom if getting up on the roof or if your budget is a constraint and you can't get a roofer out there go into your attic that's next on the list um inspect the attic for leaks look at the underside of the decking in your attic you if water's coming through there will almost certainly be discoloration There'll be a little, looks like a, a put, upside down puddle or pool that's dried up underneath your decking. Um, your insulation might look a little bit different. If it's the blown in insulation, might be knocked down in one spot. If it's the rollout insulation, um, depending on the area, if, it's, if there's paper on it, that will be discolored. If not, sometimes the just the fiberglass itself will kind of get a darkish brown. So look around, look around in your attic and um, see if anything looks out of place. Because that, that's a really easy way to find out if there is a roof leak without having to go up to the roof. Now, this, there are always going to be hard areas in your home where you can't see yeah, in the attic. you can't get to all the attic. Exactly. You can't get to all of it. But this is a, if you can't do any of the other ones, at least do this. And also, by, by being in the attic, you, might, you may notice some other things. You may notice like a, some rodent damage, 
something like that. If you've got if you've got a mouse that got in somehow, yes, might catch that. No, no absolutely, and and um, you won't see the rodents, but you'll see their droppings. They, they they will be on top of your furnace. They will be any place that there's a, a plywood floor. They they love hanging out in those spots, and that's getting ahead of those. They will chew the wires. They will get into the furnace. They will make tens of thousands of dollars of damage in your home. So, and they like water sources too. So if there's yes. a, a a drip pan under the AC, they'll go there and get some water. Yes, yes. Um, the the Houston rats they have found out that if you chew the insulation off the top of the primary um, or the main suction line, it'll condensate and make little water bowls for them. So look look at the uh, main copper line that runs into your furnace from your uh, AC condenser because if you see chew marks on those, you need to get an exterminator out immediately. Next on the list is gutters, and this is one of those things that is as long as it's one story house, it is pretty easy for the average home homeowner to do. Although I think a lot of times it doesn't get done. So um, just getting up there, cleaning all the leaves out of the gutters, and even even with gutter guards. Uh, Yes, the leaf filters on there. The stuff still builds up on those. They do. Um, getting your gutters cleaned out is it's very affordable. It, it you know it shouldn't be more than two hundred dollars on a smaller home, and even some of the larger homes, it really shouldn't be more than three hundred to four hundred dollars. It doesn't take that long, just as long as they um, are capable and have done it before. The the gutter guards, great for keeping large items out. If you have a composite asphalt roof, what will happen is as they wear, all of those little granules will fall down and go um, through the gutter guard and build up inside the gutter. So when they're out there doing it, what um, most of the cleaning crews will do is take a hose and flush them out and manually flush all that out to make sure all the debris and it's just clean metal at the bottom of the gutter. That will save you also, again, thousands of dollars in the long run of protecting the fascia, soffit, the upper parts of the siding of your home. Because as they build up, that water will come in and run underneath there and artificially wear that out and rot it. And if you don't have gutter guards, the the leaves are the leaves, the debris are going to build up in the gutters, and that water is going to backflow up under the the shingles, so the wrong direction yes. under the shingles, and that's where you get some water damage in your attic as well. So oftentimes, if you have a valley, you know where where two points of the roof come together, you, you have a large buildup of leaves right there. That water is going to go backwards um, up there and, and cause issues. Yep, that's correct. Um, and particularly with the shallower slope roofs, that will absolutely happen. It'll push those up. So yeah, and and some of the new custom homes uh, have some very complex roof shapes sometimes. So you have some some strange gutter intersections, some some tight roof intersections, and, and those areas tend to collect debris. Yeah, no, they they, they definitely do, and and with. The roofing technology over the last decade has has improved exponentially with the different uh, um, uh, just membranes that Under, can be put yeah. down. You know, we're not using just one layer of fifteen pound felt anymore. We're actually putting down really true water uh, water tight and sealed up barriers. But they will fail if water sits on them long enough, and that is it. We just have to get the water down to the ground and away from the house. Yep. So, kind of the last really simple item. Um, after cleaning gutters, and this is something that is is to replace the HVAC, HVAC filters and clean return air vents. This is one that sometimes is recommended to do quarterly, sometimes every you know twice a year, and sometimes annually. And it really depends on the filter, on your system, um, and the quality of the filter that you are putting in there. Uh, for our maintenance programs, for our clients, we come in and just do it every single quarter, or we at least check it every single quarter. If you're a um, just a couple that has, lives in a very neat, tidy house and doesn't have a pet, we might come in and check your filters you know, once a quarter and not replace it because they are in really, really good shape because there's not a whole lot of things getting stirred up or allergens or dog hair or cat hair getting built up on them. And ironically, the cheaper the filter, typically the less you have to change it because the less expensive filters will allow more and more particles to pass pass through them. So they actually stay cleaner longer. The really high-end odor um, reducing ones or HEPA filters or um, kind of a MERV 13, which is just below a hospital grade filter, 
they typically need to be replaced every three months or at least every six months because they are trapping so many particulates in the air. Um, you know, particularly this time of year in, in Houston, we get the pollen. It also has to do with like where that where that filter or, or where that return air is located. So a filter or a um, return air intake that's lower to the ground that's at floor level is going to get a lot more debris in it because it's down there where the the dust and the dirt and the pet hair is versus a ceiling mounted uh, filter is is not going to get as dirty as fast. That's correct. That, that's absolutely it. And um, we're seeing with the newer homes, we're seeing less and less of the one inch filters that you're actually seeing in the hallways or in the ceilings. Right. The newer units, they're putting the larger four to five inch filters that are in the attic or on the unit themselves the in unit. the closet. A lot of those are suggested to only be changed out every six months. And they are more expensive. And so that that helps out a lot. But if you are a very active home, they do need to be changed out you know, more frequently than that. Kind of one trick on those. If you go to if you go to a big box store and go and buy the larger media filters, they are going to be twice as much um, as if you go online and find one. And there are many off brands. Then there's probably if you're in a larger city, there is a local manufacturer that if you just search for air filter manufacturers in my town, and you'll be able to get a filter that at a big box is fifty, you can probably get it for twenty five or thirty. Yep. And you might have to order six of them, but you're going to use them. Right. So it's a, that, that's just a really quick tip on, you know, automatically save yourself a couple hundred bucks a year right there. So. Sure. And they may have some, some hard to find sizes too, that the uh, big box stores don't stock. There's one of those places actually a few blocks away from here that uh, manufactures and, and, and stocks some odd sizes. And it, it's real handy to pop in there. And like you said, for a, for an odd size filter that might cost me, you know, $20 at, at the big box store, right. I can get for ten bucks there, and they've got it. That that that's it. That's exactly it. And and I mean, we run across a lot that are odd ones that they you can't even buy them at the big box store. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're paying a hundred dollars for that filter because it's still a seven dollar filter, but to ship a <laughs> seventeen by thirty seven inch filter is very very expensive. So it doesn't break. Yeah. So, yeah. No. The, absolutely. And this is one of those. If if you're doing it yourself. Buy a bunch of them. Stick them up next to your unit. Have them sitting there. So Buy in bulk. That's it. That's it. Buy in bulk. You will save a lot of money. And one of the, another little trick, take your vacuum with the wand on it. Clean where the air gets sucked into your unit. It, dust will build up on that. And if you just take a vacuum to that once a month or once a quarter, your filters will actually last a lot longer because it's not pulling in and as much agitation and dust right there at the inlet. So one thing I'll also add is, especially if you do have a filter or a grill down low, uh, taking some some blue painters tape and taping the the filter to the frame will actually cut down all, on a lot of the dirt that bypasses the filter. So um, it's it adds a minute to the job, right? But um, some of those filters, if they don't fit real tight to the frame, they'll actually suck dirt around the filter and it'll get behind it. And so this will help with the lifespan of your your air conditioner and your, and your furnace. Absolutely, absolutely. And your um, when your air conditioning inspection is happening, your tech will be happy because the coil will be clean. So yeah. and that, that definitely works. Yep. So the last item on here, uh, chemical flushing drains. Uh, I assume that refers to the AC condensate drain. Actually, that that is um, the AC condensate drain, but also your plumbing drains. So this is something that um, I've just learned about over the last four years. There are a lot of products out there that are safe to the finishes of all your fixtures um, and also to all the pipes in your home that if you use them twice a year, that will flush out all your P-traps, will eat up all of the hair in the drains, and really will help you prevent those emergency calls to the plumber on Sunday night when you cook dinner and the kitchen sink is backed up. You know, um, to one brand in particular, it's, it's called Thrift, and that's 35 bucks for a for a uh, jar of it, it'll do your home for a full year. You drop less than a cup of it in there, run hot water, and it will clean out and totally remove all of the sediment that has built up inside those drains inside your house over the years. So it's, it's been an absolute game changer. Uh, in my house, I've got an older home that is um, 60 years approximately with a little bit of cast iron in there. And I've started using this and Certain spots in my house that used to back up all the time don't do it anymore. 
Um, and then on the newer homes, it just keeps them, you know, I've got a daughter as well with her long hair and my wife's long hair. We do it in the shower and it doesn't, you know, we don't get that once every <laughs> 45 days. Oh, great. It's water's up to my ankles again. So it, it takes care of that. And it's a, it's a really neat, safe product. And it's, frankly, your plumber isn't going to tell you about it because he wants to come out there and undo the drains when they're clogged up. But right. uh, it's a super easy um, DIY, uh, DIY uh, practice that um, can be taken care of. Or you can have a plumber come out and do it, and it'll be you know a couple hundred bucks. Right. So it's uh, it's it's been a total game changer for for a lot of our clients because they they no longer have that constant hassle of one drain in the house is running slow. Yep. So that kind of closes out the 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 first kind of the spring home maintenance plan that we were looking at there. So we'll flip over to the uh, the second one, which is the the summer. So fewer items on this one. So this will go a little bit faster. So let's just talk about those, those, those summer items. Yeah. And summer, um, and this is a lot shorter. Enjoy your summer, go out there and have fun. Um, and a lot of these are going to be, um, repeats and you know, like the HVAC again, same with the filters, check it every quarter. It'll save, it'll save your unit and it'll save the uh, air quality in your home. Um, but kind of first here on the list is inspect foundation for drainage problems. Um, in the Houston market, particularly, we get rain. And when we get rain, we get a lot of rain. We need to make sure that that water is moving away from the foundation. Over time, um, depending on how your gutters are set up or how the different roof lines are, water will come in and erode the, the soil from away, away from the foundation. Standing water is really bad up against the foundation. Or too dry up against the house is really bad for the foundation. So we just want to make sure that we're have a really nice constant um, moisture content in the soil up against the foundation to avoid any large foundation uh, repair issues in the future. Right. And even in other parts of the country, um, especially those with basements, having good drainage away from the, the foundation is going to keep or is going to prevent basement moisture issues as well. That is correct. All right, moving on to the next item. Um, inspect for insect and rodent activity. This is uh, for the quality of your home and keeping it maintained and also keeping your family from waking you up in the middle of the night because there's a spider running <laughs> across the floor. Um, it, uh, this is just one of those things to kind of take a look around the house. Make sure you don't have a large ant mound up next to the house. Look for termite uh, tunnels going up. This is something that, you know... A, Experienced person can probably do on their own, but uh, getting a pest control specialist, an exterminator out there to do it is probably recommended just for the fact that, that they will find uh, what is happening in your house. They probably know of species and um, destructive species that you might not know of, and they'll come out and take a look for you and, and give you a recommendation on a program to, to eliminate those or uh, prevent them from coming in the, in, in the future. So, you know, that's, you know, if you can do it yourself, it's free. Take a look at it. And you can probably go buy the chemicals yourself if you feel comfortable doing that. Or to have someone come out quarterly can be anywhere from 100 to $200 just to come out and treat the exterior home. And it will, um, termite damage, you're not even going to scratch the surface of repairing termite damage for $200. You know, start at 2000 and going up from there. Yeah. So. And we talked last time about how, uh, People just tend to walk around the outside of their house maybe less than they used to because often they have a landscape service that's cutting their their yard for them. And so they may like very rarely walk down the side, like, you know, between the house and the fence if they're on a small lot. They may never, hardly ever walk down the side of that house because uh, they're not cutting the grass. That's right. And so if they're not walking down there and looking at it, they're not going to notice something like a big ant mound or termite tunnels or something like that. So. It becomes more important to have that extra set of eyes checking for those kinds of things, and we definitely recommend, especially in in our uh, our region with the termite issues that we have, that regardless of doing these inspections, like having a termite contract with a pest control company, or just a pest control contract, actually, yes. to where you're getting a, a a treatment for termites, for um, you know roaches, ants, everything, you know, once a quarter. Absolutely. It, it, it will, um, it, it's, once I started doing it in my own home, it, it 
really uh, improved my quality of life because, you know, down here in Houston, the tree roaches, you know, you get these scary yeah. creatures coming across your floor. They will take care of, they will take care of all of those. I don't care how much you caulk every single crevice in your home, they will get into your home. And yeah. so just, just quick um, quarterly maintenance on top of um, looking around the inside of your house and having a good inspection on the outside of the house is uh, r- really important. The other thing is, particularly in a suburban area, you have a two-story house and your neighbor's house is 10 feet away, you can't see what's going on with whether it's squirrels or mice or rats or where they might be jumping from a tree and getting into a spot into your attic. And so these professionals, that they're good. They have ways to get up there and take a look at these areas and, and to find the areas that you might not find even if you are trying to inspect the home. They know where these creatures and critters are, are going to find their way into the home. That's a great point. I mean, people think about maintaining their own home or, or, or doing the pest control stuff on their own home. But no matter how good yours is, if your neighbor 10 feet away yes. is, is nasty, uh, that's going to, to some degree, come over, come, come over to your property as well. No, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I left off this list, and, um, but is your landscape. Keeping the plants away from your home is something in the spring and particularly in the summer when in a lot of areas of the country, things are really growing and thriving. Keeping plants off your home is going to really help with keeping insects and rodents and anything else out of your home. Uh, Keeping the trees, if a squirrel will be able to jump from the tree to your roof, but he will not do it if the tree is far enough away. So it just don't, don't give them a runway into your home. So by keeping your trees uh, properly maintained and bushes and shrubbery away from the home, you you will eliminate a lot of these issues. And you actually have a spot where you can inspect. If everything's pushed up next to the house, you might miss the termite tunnel that's going in your house because the bushes are pushed up against it. So it uh, really keeping your landscape in good shape and away from the home is important as well. And, you know, that, that could be, that's really one, if you do it quarterly or do it once a year, it's not, it's not that expensive to have a landscaper come out there and do it. You let it go for two or three years and all of a sudden you're, you're well into the several thousands, thousands of dollars to get, get it all taken care of. So stay on top of it. So, so the, the next item, the um, replacing uh, the AC filters, that was, that was on our last, uh, our last checklist that we looked at for the spring. But again, that's doing that again this quarter, right? Uh, yes. Changing the filters, uh, cleaning the return air vents. But then next, you have another item that wasn't on the last one, cleaning the dryer vents. So we touched on this earlier in yes. the episode, uh, but let's talk a l- about the importance of that. So especially if you have a dryer that's venting upwards. So if you have oftentimes um, a second floor laundry room, and even sometimes on the first floor, if you have an, uh, an interior interior laundry room, Correct. that vent is probably going straight up through the roof. Whereas if you have a, a laundry room on the on an exterior wall, first floor, it's probably venting just straight out behind it. Much easier to clean. It's not going to get clogged as often. But if that laundry is on the second floor or if it's on an interior wall, it's probably going straight up. And it takes actually a lot of force to, to push that lint up and out through a roof jack. Uh, and so that lint's going to build up. And over time, it's going to get, you know, uh, less and less efficient, you know, more and more clogged over time, and eventually it's going to create a fire hazard. And as you mentioned, also it can it can make that uh, that dryer has a sensor sometimes yes. on the newer ones. It'll make it shut off, stop working if it if it gets clogged up. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the interior or the roof venting dryer vents are they're problematic. There are built very specific building codes that will tell you how long your dryer vent is allowed to be and every 90 or turn in it takes a certain amount of feet off of it every 45 takes another certain amount off of it and what we found maintaining homes is lots of times they're not in compliance Mm. and um therefore if you don't have a professional cleaning those they will go in and they'll go in the 25 feet that is supposed to be the maximum they'll clean out 25 feet but there's another six feet of pipe that is up there. Also, that force it takes the, for to get the lint or to get the hot air out because the lint trap is supposed to catch everything, but as we know, it does not. Um, in moist environments like Houston and 
due to the uh, prior uh, item that we were talking about, the insect activity, lots of time those vents will have small screens on them. That little bit of lint will touch onto a wet piece of metal and it'll stick. And then that'll build up and that'll build up. And then all of a sudden, you might just be right there at the roof jack, but you'll have two inches of um, lint and debris that is keeping the whole dryer system from working properly. So to, to have a professional go out there if you don't have access to the end of where the, the exhaust actually comes out is very important because we use a multitude of different um, tools and <laughs> we use different tools and technology to clean them out. We have a connection where we put a super high powered shop back, have a Y on it, and we'll stick a brush that has a um, bending little shaft on it that can go up to 35 feet and we'll clean it all the way out. We also have a um, testing unit that will go onto the pipe and let you know how much air is going through. So we do that before, we clean it, and then we test it after to make mm. sure that there's been an improvement. Um, if it's a newer home, we'll put it on there and say, okay, looks really good. You know, we're getting full airflow where it should be if it's totally un unobstructed. We still run the brush through and double check it. If we run the brush through and we cannot get it cleared, we then go to the outside, might have to get on the roof, might have to take the roof jack or the, the uh, deflector off of the side of the home. And we'll go in there with an air compressor that will has a kind of a self-feeding tube that will blow in, blow everything out of that unit and going on the inside with an electric leaf blower, push everything out. So it typically not an issue on homes less than five years old because it takes a long time for it to build up. But there we've been into homes where we've taken out two trash bags full of lint out of these pipes just because 15, 20 years of buildup. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's super important to, to do and really easy to forget to do. Cause it's, it's, you have to pull the dryer out. I mean, it, it is a chore. It is definitely a chore to do it. And I'll say that even on, uh, the exterior, um, exterior facing laundry right. rooms with a, with a very short duct run, uh, it can even still clog up there. Uh, we just remodeled uh, our laundry room two years ago, and it's literally six inches from my dryer to the outside. And my dryer uh, w was having a, a burning smell recently. Right. And, you know, the uh, the little metal screen that you mentioned yes. on, on the outside of that uh, that dryer exhaust was just completely compacted. Yes. Uh, and so even me as a, as, as a, <laughs> as, as a builder, as a construction consultant, you know, my, my dryer vent was very clogged up. And so I just popped that little metal screen off, cleaned a very thick layer of, of lint off of that, put it back on, no problems. Right. So now, uh, when I'm out in the morning, taking the dog out to, to go to the bathroom in the backyard, I'll just walk over there every few weeks and kind of look at it and see if it's clogged or not. And if it, if it is, I'll just pop it off real quick and pick the lint off while I'm taking the dog out and put it back on. But, yep. uh, it's one of those things that, uh, again, people just don't think about it until there's a problem, until the dryer stops working, until they have a burning smell in their laundry room or whatever. That, that's it. This is something that um, when we started our home maintenance company, we suggested to do it once a year. We've since moved that for our people on the program. We check it twice a year because we've had so many issues and there are so many ducts and, and vents out there that are run incorrectly. And if they are running correctly, they will build up. So um, for, for our maintenance customers, it's twice a year we check it. And again, just like everything with maintenance, the second time you do it, really easy. Third time, a little bit easier. And then just make sure that everything is running absolutely um, um, as smoothly as possible. And so to, just to talk a, uh, a little bit about home design uh, as it relates to this, we we really recommend having a laundry room designed on an exterior wall and not and if it's on a second floor that's fine or if it's not on an exterior wall don't vent those through the roof design those things to vent down and straight out a side wall uh you're going to save yourself a lot of headache in the long run your your dryer is going to perform better it's it's going to be safer so that's a, definitely a design consideration that i think a lot of builders architects homeowners don't think about they're not having to deal with the maintenance uh, typically. So that's correct. And just kind of touch on that. There are companies that will come out and just do your dryer vent cleaning. Yes. They are expensive. It's you know, expected in the Houston markets, anywhere from 275 to about $475 for them to come out and take care of your dryer, vent, which is 
you know, that that's a, that's a good chunk of change for something that you're not getting any perceived value out of. So um, it's one of those things that try to try to stay on top of and, and search your market, look for someone that might be able to come out and take care of that. And a couple other items at the same time to help save you some money in the long run. Yep. All right. Moving along, uh, sink aerators. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So this is something that most people can do on their own. Um, If you don't feel comfortable, um, a plumber can come out and take care of your whole house in an hour, but those are just unscrewing at every single faucet, just unscrewing the, um, the, there's a little aerator cap on there and there are tools that you can buy at any big box that for 15 bucks, if you can't pull them off with your fingers and just unscrew them and then clean the debris. There's a little screen in there, clean the debris off of there and pull the aerator out, which is usually a little plastic piece, call it the size of a nickel, as big around as a nickel that's might be half of inch thick, and then just clean any debris. Those are that's stopping all of the stuff that's coming through your water system before it comes out of out of the faucet. And so and it's also there to make sure that with higher water pressure, the water doesn't come out of your sink, hit the bottom of the sink and splash all over your pants. Yeah. So and if you have if, if you have an issue with hard water, uh that can get clogged up with lime and different buildup. So if you take that out, sometimes you may have to soak it in a, a CLR type solution to to remove that buildup from it. Uh, absolutely, that that is correct. Um, and if you're having low water pressure in any of your sinks, pull that off. Lots of times, you've just got a lot of gunk in there. You know, if the city has come out or your municip- excuse me, municipality has come out and worked on the water lines out in the street near your home, lots of times a lot of dirt and debris will get pushed into into your uh, water system and it gets caught up right there. So you'll, you'll find that sometimes your um, shower heads as well, pull those off, clean them off. If you're like, man, I really feel like I had more water pressure in my master shower six months ago, pull it off, clean it off. And also besides the aerators, it's also the cartridge that's, that's, yes. that's in the faucet or the shower fixture as well, which is a little more complicated to change out, but it's still something the average homeowner can do themselves. But there's um, in, in modern faucets and um, shower fixtures, there's a little cartridge that's behind the handle, and that it, it basically mixes the hot and cold water, sends it up to the shower head or to the faucet. And like Eric mentioned, when the water gets turned on and off to a house, sediment in the city water can get uh, flush flushed down. If you have older pipes, um, if you have galvanized pipes, a little bit yes. of rust can get flushed down and it collects in that cartridge or in the aerator. But if, if cleaning the aerator doesn't fix your, your pressure problem, often the cartridge clean out will. That's correct. And if those are toast, you can buy a replacement cartridge for, you know, 15, 20, 30 bucks usually. And if you can't change that out, a plumber can do it or maintenance company can do that for you. Yeah, no, that, that, that's it. That's it. And that's one thing, I, you know, even as the maintenance company, we only have our master plumber replace those in, in, in homes just because if they are done incorrectly, there can be some leakage inside the walls that create bigger and, and larger issues down the road. Yeah. So, and the Moens, the Kohlers, you can get most of those cartridges at a big box store. If you have a more unique or exotic or particularly more expensive one, You'll need to go to a plumbing specialty store, and if you let them know what your fixture is, they can help you get those. But lots of times, particularly with the recent supply chain, it's really uh, it's tough to tell a customer that it's going to be six to eight weeks before they can have water pressure back yeah. because it's got to come from Germany or wherever it's coming from. And actually, that's kind of a, a, a caution against buying cheap fixtures yes. because if you buy like the cheap Chinese faucet or shower fixture, um, it might... Uh, have some random cartridge that you just can't buy anywhere. That's it. And so now you're replacing the whole fixture. Um, I, th- I think another reason to have a plumber do that work is uh, on some shower fixtures, you can't turn off the the water to that fixture completely. Uh, so you have to you have to turn it off at the main coming into the house. If you try to change the cartridge without turning the water off, uh, you're going to make a mess. You're going to have water just gushing out of that out of that, uh, that hole where the cartridge came from. So it's, it's having that knowledge on how to shut off the water to your house, how to drain the water out of the pipes before you get into making that change. That's right. You only make that mistake once. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a mess, but I uh, know that, that that's correct. And, you know, speaking from experience here, yeah, well, that's, I think as home builders, we've all done 
something like that once in our lives. So just hope that people hadn't moved in yet. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and kind of last on my summer list is lubricate garage doors and mechanical gates. This is really easy. Um, you can call a garage door company, come out. They'll take a look at it. The If they do come out, they will also take a look at your springs, take a look at the cables, take a look at the alignment on the tracks on your garage door to make sure everything's in good shape. Typically, if a garage door is working well, you can go to a big box and you don't even have to know what kind of lubricant to buy because they have ones that are specifically labeled garage door lubricant. And so spray down the wheels on the tracks, spray down the spring a little bit and you're you're good to go. And you'll find it usually will get considerably quieter right after you do that. If you have driveway gates or any other sort of mechanical gates, it's always good to have someone take a look at those once a year as well. N- nothing more frustrating than getting at home and you can't open the drive gate to to, to pull into the driveway. So the, those are moving parts. You know, there are very few things in the home that really are moving every day and are mechanical and have big motors hooked up to them. And your garage door and the gates are those, and they do need regular maintenance to keep them working. Yep. That's one of the most common items that people call me about. Uh, they're like, hey, do you have a garage door guy? My, my door is making a lot of noise or it's, 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 uh, it's out of alignment and it's, it's, it's jerking when I go to close it. Um, or it's not closing, the sensors are out of alignment. So um, I think that that's a very common thing that people feel a little intimidated to try to fix a garage door themselves. Yeah. So we get a lot of calls. Hey, can you recommend somebody? That's right. And I mean, don't mess with the springs on them. Don't mess with the cables on them because they are under hundreds and hundreds. And I don't know the exact amount because I don't mess with them. A lot of tension. A lot of tension on those. And you can really seriously kill or, or, or maim yourself if those were to pop. Um, and they're one of the items that we take for granted the most in our homes. If you're used to p- opening up your garage door and pulling in and out, unplug it for a week. See how that feels. Yeah. And because w- when it goes down, it is a true inconvenience. So stay on top yeah. of that. That's, that's an item that, get, that gets used multiple times a day, every day. You know, we have, we have the app that uh, sends me a message yes. when my garage door uh, goes up and down. And I'm like, golly, I, I never realized until we installed that app how often my garage door gets operated. That's it. I get like 20 alerts a day on my phone that my door is going up and down. And it's, you know, me, my wife, my kids are constantly coming and yep. going through that garage. And so when you have a mechanical item that's getting operated 20 times a day, it needs maintenance. Yes, that is correct. So stay on top of the, the garage doors and gates for sure. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this episode for today. Be sure and join us next time where Eric and I talk about uh, fall, winter, and the costs associated with this home maintenance checklist.